0: Hello and welcome, I'm Bonnie and I'm Lily and this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love.
1: Yeah, that was at our house like six to eight months ago and you did not play with it at all.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you may be repeating mantras like that. Multiple times a day, every day, <laughs> Nobody for nearly ever 10 told years. me. There was also this competitive drive to get in there and spot it before the siblings so they could <laughs> play with it first. Hello
1: and welcome. This week we're talking about Toy Jail. Rather than a place where toys go when they're naughty, Toy Jail is just one of several strategies you can use to reduce the toy clutter in your home and teach your children that
0: all-important life skill, responsibility. A big word but a powerful one. And if you're someone who's in a position at the moment where you really want to get on top of your clutter specifically in the toy room then the essentials guide our online course may just be the answer you've been searching for. It is detailed for each room of the house including the toy room so you know exactly what products to use and what strategies are going to help you keep that space looking clutter free. So if you are interested Bonnie where should they go?
1: So head over to au forward slash courses and you will be able to find the essentials guide there. And the greatest thing is it's designed for the time poor parent in mind and you have lifetime access.
0: Toys, toys, toys. My goodness. I didn't know how much I would relate to the episode we're about to do until <laughs> I had a baby of my own. And it's really, I think it's really true that... Kids have so many toys right now, and I had people. We were really blessed with a lot of hand-me-downs from you, and you know, I love a <laughs> love a trip to the that. op shop. <laughs> love a trip to the op shop. But one of the things I noticed is that when it came to my son's first birthday a month or so ago, people would ask me, "What do you want for him? What does he need?" Oh, that's good, and which was awesome. Love love friends like that who don't want to just um, buy fillers. I suppose mm. I couldn't think of anything. This is the thing. I was like. He has so many hand-me-down clothes. He has so many hand-me-down toys. Mm. What does he even need? And I was like, mm. this kid doesn't need anything. Yeah. And that's the thing with first birthday He's parties.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not, you're not necessarily having a party because you want them to get more toys to be able to play with. They're happy with an empty tissue box, really. Like they're just, it's the easiest age to please, I find. hmm But you want to have a celebration to celebrate the fact that you got through the first year of parenthood. Oh, is that what it
0: is? Oh, my god. I probably wouldn't have planned it at a children's park then. (laughs) I would have had a spa. (laughs) Yeah,
1: or gone to the (laughs) pub and had some drinks so that you could actually relax and be kid-free. But, yeah, it is a celebration of getting through the first year. But you're right. Your one-year-old doesn't actually need anything usually and so sometimes you do end up getting all these gifts of toys and like some of them are great and some of them you can grow into and you can use them for future kids and all of that sort of thing but the reality is we've all got too many toys.
0: We do big kids and little kids us big kids we have lots of extra stuff that we don't necessarily use but that are more expensive. That toys. Are more, they're just more expensive toys mm. and I just totally agree that when I see children and in their homes with the amount of toys that they have I just feel like we're giving them so many that it's becoming overwhelming and I, I'm in a few Facebook groups for everything because there's a Facebook group for everything just like ours decluttering (laughs) and organizing get amongst it but you know I'm in a few and some of them are open-ended toy groups that I'm in because I was just curious about people who like to use wooden toys that are supposed to inspire imaginative play But a lot of the mums in those groups talk about how if you have too many toys out, it's just overwhelming for your kids Mm -hmm. and they get really bored.
1: Yeah, they really do. It's like too much choice is actually too much. It's visual stimulation. It's too much for kids. And so that's why as parents, when your kids say to you, oh, I'm bored. Get rid of their toys. Get rid of as many toys as you can because they're actually too overstimulated. So it means (laughs) that. English teacher and you coming in. Yeah. That means that they can't actually think creatively because they're visually, there's too much going on and they can't actually stop and sift through and make decisions. So that's why things like toy rotations are so good because it helps actually remove some of that visual overwhelm.
0: And if you're someone who, um, When you think of toys in in your house right now, if you have like a specified playroom or toy area or maybe it's your child's bedroom, when you open that door and you've left them to their own devices for half an hour, does it suddenly look like a bomb's going off? Is there absolute chaos everywhere? Potentially the number of toys isn't even necessarily the issue for you and potentially it's more of a conversation around helping our children learn their responsibilities and to pick up after themselves as they go. And so basically today's episode is going to be covering all of that, talking about some of the things that we've learned both professionally and personally that are helping us keep on top of our children's toys. And I love this idea of talking about the
1: responsibility side of things because someone said to me recently, oh is it just about Naughty Toys going to jail and the house being cleaner and I say actually no the whole purpose of this is to teach your kids how to be responsible because when our kids don't have that um, motivation to be responsible they lose their school hat really easily they lose their water bottle really easily they don't take care of things they think that things are replaceable like I've had the kids say to us at times when a toy has broken oh we can just go and buy another one actually, no, I'm sorry, that's not how life works. If you crash your car and you don't have insurance on it, you can't just go and buy another one. If you haven't taken care of your sunglasses and someone has stepped on them and scratched them, yeah, maybe you can afford to go and replace them, but we can't necessarily do that with everything. So it's really important to teach our kids that element of looking behind us, packing up, and that responsibility of not leaving things behind.
0: So there was an interesting article that I read read the other day and it was about this professor. His name was Professor, I think it was Alvin Rose and Green and Thorne and something. Anywho. What a cool And I'll find it and I'll link it in the show notes. He was reflecting upon a conversation he had with a counsellor, a school counsellor. They went into a classroom and they sat down with children and this counsellor said, oh, blah, 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 we're going to practise using our imaginations today or what have you. And all these little students were like, what's imagination? What does that mean? And she's like, oh, well, imagination to me when I was young would mean I'd dress up as Wonder Woman and I'd put on a cape and boots and I'd pretend I could fly and I'd race around and I'd play pretend. And they were all like, we don't understand it. We don't get it. We haven't done that. And she was shocked and she was mortified that these children – had like lost the ability to imagine, and as I was reading mm. through this article by this professor, it was just interesting some of the observations he had noted about how we have changed how we have toys around children. Was what- it a she or a he? Because you've said both. Oh, she was the counselor and he was right. the professor. Okay, yeah, sorry,
1: we're on the same page.
0: Now. <laughs> and um, one of the things that he observed is that children have too many toys, mm. the quantity. Of toys, And if you were to open your child's bedroom right now and look in there, could you even count in five minutes how many toys they have? And I think for many families, absolutely not. There are so many toys mm. in our kids' bedrooms.
1: And the reality is, especially once your kids are at school, there's not actually all that much time for them to be playing with indoor toys, which tends to be the big clutter problem for us, right? If our kids are at school, it's five days a week. Maybe on weekends, we're actually going out to parks, to birthday parties, to, you know, sporting events, or we're playing outdoors. If it's a nice summer's day, maybe we're playing in a pool or we're getting wet, we're riding scooters and skateboards and playing with balls and things like that. How much time do your kids actually spend indoors playing quietly with those toys Once they get to school, it it really reduces. And so it's really interesting to go to these homes and see these huge big playrooms that the kids are probably only in there an hour, two, maybe three a week. Mm -hmm.
0: not much at all and then when you think about the amount of real estate that's being taken up
1: oh yeah and think about if you didn't need that room at all and you could just have like a small shelf of toys in their bedroom you could buy a smaller house you could reduce your mortgage you could go on more family holidays and more outings and vacations options are endless Because you've reduced just the toys. This is where decluttering can take
0: us. It's amazing. It's like opening up all these opportunities and possibilities. When we talk about sentimental clutter and how if we keep everything, then if if we have everything, then nothing is special. Mm. I think you can relate that to a lot of other things. And it's like if my child has 100 toys, none of them are really special. But if my child has a handful of toys, then they may be a lot more special to that child.
1: I think of this in particular. So in Australia, uh, one of our supermarket chains does these wushies, and the kids loved collecting them and you can get glow-in-the-dark ones, ones that change with the temperature. So they stick them in the fridge and they change and things like that. So we've got two collections worth of wushies at home and I stopped letting the kids use them because all they would do is like throw them at each other. <laughs> Such a uni-tasker toy. (laughs) And they would just end up everywhere. But the thing was, when we had a smaller amount, so say we only had like maybe eight to ten, my older two really loved them because what they would do when our nieces would come over for family dinner is they would play hide-and-seek with them and they'd go and hide them around the house and then the other two would have to go and find them. But once the collection got so big they kind of stopped caring about them anymore and it's really funny because the other day I was washing my daughter's school uniform and I found a couple of things in her pocket and she was like I'm really sorry mum I brought them home from Nan's house because we've got a bit of a don't bring toys from Nan's house because they get lost and they don't and I have to worry about them going back and vice versa and I was like oh it's fine don't worry about it um but one of them was an ushi. And it's the same ushi that we've got in our collection of ushis, but because it was on its own. It was extra special. It was extra special. And I thought, yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? The more you've got, the less special the individual seems to be.
0: So if there's one thing you can do for your toy situation right now, it would be to look at the quantity. Yes. 100%. And that's, I think, the big message with everything is declutter, declutter, declutter. But really look at the quantity of toys that your children have. And think about how much they're actually interacting with those toys. And are they so overstimulated by the quantity that it's time to consider doing a toy rotation? My example for this would be that with my son at the moment... I don't know if it's his age. I'm a first-time mum and I'm just getting to know this age. He's um, one and a bit and he just wants to wander around and touch and pull and explore on things but he wants to do it with everything that's not a toy. So, you know, it's pretty classic. He keeps pulling tissues out of the tissue box, which is fine because, like, I, I wrapped him in, like, a tissue box and gave it to him and he was like, uh, eh, I played with this a bit. I'm now uninterested. But then, of course, <laughs> when I, like, got my back turned in the kitchen because I he's haven't – He's like <laughs> – yeah, he's pulling out tissues. It's like – I've got to have like a rotating head on yeah. my neck because, you know, every 10 seconds I'm turning around or popping my head around the corner being like, hey, come back over here, please, please stay alive. <laughs> um, but one of the things I'm noticing is that I think he is getting maybe, I don't know if it's overwhelmed by the amount of stuff in the drawers because they're all concealed in our Trofast IKEA system that we got set up. You can see a picture of it on our social media. So I don't know if he's getting overwhelmed Or, and I need to be investing in the toy rotation idea already with him. Mm. I think it's definitely worthwhile because when they've got only
1: one thing to play with, they actually can be more creative and imaginative with it. Case in point, yesterday I took my two-year-old up the coast because we're moving there in a few months and I was looking at daycare centres and looking at um, op shops and stuff in the area, making new connections and things for work. And he said oh can I take a car in the car and I said yeah sure so he took this little matchbox car in the car and that kept him amused the drive up when we would go around shops or in the daycare centers he would sometimes take it into we went to the beach for a quick swim because hey why not he took that down to the beach and was playing with that in the beach you know on the car ride home it's just one toy and that's all he had all day And he was really kept amused by it. Like it just did the trick all day. Whereas if you take a whole bag of toys on a road trip, which I have done before with all of my kids, they just end up all over the floor. They're not interested with them. It's like, oh, what's
0: next? Oh, what's next? So your kids came over to my house um, for my birthday dinner a couple of days ago and I was really excited for them to see our toys because they haven't been to our house, they haven't played with our toys. And there was all these toys I wanted them to play and interact with. And they agreed. They wanted to play and interact with every toy. But I watched <laughs> them and it was like, one, this sense of what am I what, what am I about to open and see and, oh, what, what cool what's thing could be in here and exciting. what's new. Yes. But then there was also this competitive drive to like get in there and spot it before the siblings so they could play <laughs> with it first. And so it was like, quick, I've got to play with that. Quick, what's new? What's exciting? And it's just funny that like the way that kids do do that. Mm. So if you've got a lot of stuff, of course, declutter it. But – if you are trying to keep things interesting for your kids, consider a toy rotation. So the great thing you can do is just take a bunch of the toys out, be it 50%. Some people do like two thirds. They take most of the toys away. They put them out of sight and then they pick a time frame for which they want to rotate the toys out to keep it interesting. Maybe you do it every week. Yep. Maybe you do it every two weeks. Maybe it's once a month. Whatever it is, you don't have to
1: necessarily do all of your toys, but you might have sets of things. So say you've got like a little people set and then you've got a Duplo set and then you've got a Mega block set. If you think, oh, I can't actually let these go and the kids still love them – rotate those sets every week or a couple of weeks because then the kids don't see them for a little while and when they come back out it is kind of like they're new again and you can tell a bit more easily than whether they're toys that you want to keep long term because they haven't seen them for the, a few weeks and they come out and they lose interest really quickly you know that they've moved on past that toy and that was the interesting thing about going to your house the other night with the kids. Mm. A lot of those toys that are at your house now used to be at our house and so they're they're suddenly suddenly more exciting again. Yeah they're suddenly more (laughs) exciting they're like oh look at this and I'm watching the two-year-old play with this ball whacker thing that um, the eldest one got given when he was born, and thinking, This is so cool. And I'm thinking, Yeah, that was at our house like six to eight months ago, and you did not play with You're it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just funny. A toy rotation is a great way to keep it fresh. So, Bon, can we talk about
0: five minute toys?
1: Oh, my goodness. Five minute toys are the bane of my life.
0: Why don't we have a clutter confession and then come back? Yes, <laughs> let's come back to that one. Clutter confessions. <laughs> I have a clutter confession. I have been keeping in a drawstring bag of 30 centimetres by 30 centimetres a collection of electronic equipment. In the bag are old phones, old cameras, old smartwatches and a stack of charging cables. I'm keeping a small collection of things just in case I may need them. Truth is, I never will and I need to sort through what I should actually keep and what needs to be passed on or thrown away. I'll do it one day.
1: I love how when people ring and give us their clutter confession that by the end of it they're like, I know I should get rid of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. We all know, don't we? (laughs) Yeah,
1: maybe that's what makes it a clutter confession is something that we know that we should be getting rid of but we've just held on to for a while.
0: There are so many pending jobs in life, just sitting in the background, just pending, waiting to be done.
1: Electronics are one of those really tricky ones as well because you want to get data off them. You don't want to lose photos. You don't want to lose
0: text messages sometimes. It's a time commitment to go through that stuff involves loading it onto something and going through it and do you
1: have the technology to actually access that data anymore which most of us don't because it just evolves so So quickly quickly.
0: I just found my underwater camera the other day um so it's just a normal camera in an underwater case and I was like oh there's photos on here I think and then to find out if there's photos worth printing on there you have to actually pay to go get them printed yeah which everyone used to have to do yeah But, yeah, it's like the reason that camera was still sitting there is it was a choice to not have to address that problem. It's a pending responsibility. It is. And it's important to you so you don't want to get rid of the item but it's like not such a priority that you actually go and do something about it. Yeah. And the other thing with tech is, of course, it could come in handy. It seems wasteful with how quickly we go through technology to just like ditch it. Yeah. So and it's cost a bit of coin.
1: It's obviously not something that should go into landfill either. Mm. It should be something that goes to like
0: an e-waste facility to get recycled. And good news for you, anonymous caller, because there is plenty of e-waste opportunities to dispose of those electronics responsibly when that day does come. Mm-hmm. So if you have a clutter confession, feel free to send it in. Head to Little Home Organised and send us a message.
1: Okay, so we're talking about the five-minute toys, the absolute bane of my life. You might know these toys as McDonald's toys or the cheap... Kinder Surprise toys. Uh Aha, okay. But they're also other toys that basically only keep your child interested for five minutes or less. So it could be something like a tambourine in our house. Some kids, they might have a tambourine and they love it and they play it to death for hours and hours. But in our house, a tambourine is a five-minute toy, two-minute toy really. Bang it for a little while, then we get sick of it and it just goes on the floor. And the five-minute toys frustrate me because you don't play with them for more than 5 minutes and then they just end up on the floor taking up space creating trip hazards creating clutter and they don't usually stimulate imaginative play so like a tambourine is something that if you were a parent that wanted to do like a structured learning experience with them and sit down and do a song together and tap it out great do that but when you've got something like the McDonald's toy figurines and stuff Kids don't usually use those and play dollies with them and play superheroes and stuff with them, not in my experience anyway or in any of the client homes that I've been in. They just don't There's other the things. Attention. There's
0: other things they'll play with over them. Oh, there's hours that quick, and hours. There's that quick wonder of opening the Kinder Surprise or opening up the Happy Meal, putting the toy together, a couple of seconds of play, a couple of minutes of play and then, you know, maybe maybe you've got a kid who plays with it for a few hours and then the next day it's no longer interesting.
1: And that's the thing. A five-minute toy would be different for every household in some ways. So you need to stop and think, what are the toys that my kids pick up and then they drop really quickly? Like a kaleidoscope in our house random is is such a five-minute toy and it just hangs around and it's like, oh, cool, twist, twist, twist,
0: drop. Yeah.
1: Like that's how fast it is and it's like, why do we have this
0: thing? Because it is cool and it is interesting and it's a new learning experience. It's sensory, like there are all these perks to these toys. But Mm. if your home is cluttered, if your toy room is absolutely overflowing, then it's time to have a look at those five-minute things and say, okay, well, which ones of these do we want to keep, you know, for education, for learning, for experiences, for toy rotations, Mm. for uh, hand-me-downs? And which ones do we want to actually say goodbye to so that we can reclaim this space? That's the other thing I notice about you know, some toy rooms is there's so many toys in there and there's so much clutter that easily spills out that it's really hard to manage the mess. There could be this capacity for all this space to play, but because there's so much stuff, the playroom is actually the working room the moving about room is actually really limiting.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's what's really frustrating for kids is because when they get something new out, like a building block set, they want to be able to spread it out and build things. But if they're trying to shove stuff out of the way, they're just not interested. And it's so interesting. Anytime we declutter a toy room or a lounge room or a kid's bedroom that has had toys in it, the kids will come in there and they will either roll all over the floor or they will spin and spin and spin. It's, it's, they just love open space
0: it's funny you mentioned that because I was looking at a testimonial for your professional organization business little miss organized the other day and it was of this boy and you were like having a bit of a chat to him about how he felt about his bedroom but he spun around on the floor and I was mm. like classic it's like oh there's space for me to move create and play in here
1: yeah and that's it and you know yesterday when I took the two-year-old up to visit our new house that we're moving into which is totally empty um He went into the lounge room, which is, you know, standard five metre by, I don't know, four metre lounge room. And what did he do? He rolled all over the floor.
0: (laughs) The simple joys. Mm. So, Bonnie, when you think of working with clients and they are having cluttered toy rooms that they're trying to get on top of, what do you see being some of the common issues? So, obviously, too much is the most important thing.
1: Often, we've all got too many toys, too much stuff in general. And once we declutter that, it does make it a lot easier. But another thing is we really just need to teach our kids that important life skill of packing up and moving um, – sorry, packing up and putting away before we move on to the next thing. And they do that at at kindy. They do that at school. It is something that when you go to a job, your boss wants you to do it. Your boss doesn't want you to have a desk, you know, completely cluttered and full of stuff. So we need to teach it right from one, two-year-olds that – oh, we're finished with this set now, we're going to pack it up. Come on, help me pop it in the box and then we're going to move on to the next thing. Mm. And, And that's where a toy rotation can come in handy because you can pack that box up, put it away and then bring something else out and often I think when we allow kids free reign of the entire playroom that's where we do end up with a really big mess at the end of the day Mm. and kids that are too tired and hungry to clean it up and parents that are worn out and we don't want to clean it up so of course the cycle just continues day after day and when we've got way too many toys in there it's so overwhelming for us even to think about cleaning it up so Decluttering is definitely important but also teaching that very important skill of packing away.
0: Yeah and as a parent you're so tired aren't you and sometimes you just don't want to be a parent and I don't mean that in the sense that you don't want to have the child but a big part of being a parent is you're a teacher and so that means that you repeat yourself and you are constantly imprinting Mm. lessons upon your kids and that is no we are going to finish packing this up before we move on to the next thing yep let's come on come in here with me and we'll do it together yep oh, we've still got a few more things we need to pack up. Mm. I know you're excited to play with that, but you see all this Lego over here. We still need to put that away. And you may be repeating mantras like that (laughs) multiple times a day, every day. (laughs) Nobody ever told me how much teaching I would have to do when I was no longer a teacher. That's it. (laughs) It's crazy. You've signed on to be a teacher. That's a big part of your role is to educate your child on how to navigate the world. And so when it comes to teaching them these responsibilities, it starts from a very, very young age. You You can teach them to, when you pull the washing in off the line, say, okay, you can pick out I've picked out your clothes. Can you help me, you know, maybe fold your socks together or fold your clothes or I folded your clothes, you you know, depending on the age, you can go put them in your drawers and Mm. sure they'll take longer and they may not do it right but those little things, we've got to teach them from a really young age and toys are no different. Like Mm. we need to learn that when we create a mess, we need to address that mess and put things away. They had their start, we had the play, we have the finish, close it all up, move on to the next thing because otherwise – you are going to walk into that toy room and it is going to look like a bomb's gone off and Mm. you are busy, you are important, you are tired too. (laughs) But if you take the time to imprint those messages on your kids so they do know that they need to clean up after themselves. It will get easier down the track. It will get easier. It's a lot of hard work in the meantime, but it will prevent those situations where you walk in and you think, oh, my goodness, Mr. Two has been let loose <laughs> in the sewing room. Everything's pulled, out. Pulled all of grandma's um, sewing stuff out. Oh. Check out Little misorganized, um instagram page and you can see a photo of what um, bonnie's youngest has done in that room
1: first time i've had to baby proof in three children is that one he is a force onto his own he is but we haven't actually talked about toy jails at all so let's delve into the toy jail side of things
0: <laughs> isn't this episode all about toy jail? it is Bonnie- all
1: about toy jail and other strategies so toy jail is a strategy that you can use with your kids if they're leaving toys out. And this is really good, especially if you've decluttered, it's easier for things to pack stuff away, but they're still just needing another little strategy to help remind them that, hey, I can't leave my toys on the floor or outside. So we've used this one at home for maybe six months. Um, I do go through phases where I'm more strict on it and then other phases where I'm a bit more lax on it. But it's actually a really great way of A, teaching your kids responsibility, but B, getting rid of those five-minute toys that your kids will tell you they want but um, they just keep leaving them lying around because they're not really using them. So the idea of Toy Jail is basically anything that your child has left out and has not been put away goes into Toy Jail. And in our house, Sunday nights is when the jail gets emptied. I love it. And anything still left in the jail gets donated. Now, there are three ways that the kids can get their toys out of jail. They can rescue them. So first way is they can do a chore, so something like wiping the bench after breakfast. Um, They can choose to have a toy out of jail instead of having dessert if they've eaten all of their dinner. Uh, And the third way is if they do an act of kindness for someone. Oh, I love that. Yes. So it has to be a random act of kindness. Like there there have been times where someone else has – Done something kind, and I've said, Oh, well done. Like, you got your water bottle for your brother. Like, that's so thoughtful. Thank you so much. Would you like to go and get a toy out of Toy Gel? And, like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, one of my other kids will bring my water bottle over from the fridge with oh. this really expected look on their face, and it's like, Sorry, sweetheart,
0: that's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Spontaneous random acts of kindness. And it's
1: really good because it just helps your kids think about others a little bit more and helps them to have a positive framework for why we should be doing things for each other rather than I've got to do something kind for my, you know, sibling. It's more about, yeah, just encouraging that internal moral compass, which, you know, our kids really need that.
0: So let's say... You've decluttered the excess, you're implementing a toy rotation, you're teaching your children responsibility, pack this up when you're finished before you bring out the next thing. And then you're encountering this issue where they do still leave toys out or randomly all over the place. You give them little time boundaries, little reminders, you have the little system set up in place for when um when an item when they have a chance to put an item back even if you remind them and when something goes into toy jail. So don't just be like the ruthless warden putting things in jail, but um or you can be if that's what works for you because i do that from time to time (laughs) (laughs) after a long week um but give them a chance and just you know make it age appropriate of course and then give them the opportunity to earn those things back and like all things with children whatever you decide to do be consistent
1: yeah stick with it so make sure they know what the expectations are and make sure you stick with those expectations and and make sure that your partner does too because when you've got two parents who are on different pages and oh dad said i could get that out and then all of a sudden you're like but they didn't earn it then you've got some issues so make sure that everybody's on the same page about what the expectations are how toys get released from jail and whether you do give a warning or not because sometimes a warning's not necessary because you actually don't want them to have to rely on you reminding them all the time because as we get older we get less reminders you know when we're in prep we get a lot of support from our teachers and then when we're in high school we don't get quite as much mollycoddling and hand-holding. And then when we're out in the workforce, we get even less. So our job as parents to, is to help you know, make these kids independent and resilient and help them learn these important life skills that will see them when they're in the workforce and when they're having their own families down the track.
0: So hopefully these tips will help you navigate the chaos that can become the toy room. And I definitely think in another episode, Bonnie and I can go into the nitty gritty of how to organise your toy room so we can make it the most functional playroom that's ever been. Absolutely. So your tidy task for today is to, one, declutter
1: your toys if you haven't already. Two, implement a toy rotation system if you think that that's something that would be beneficial. Try it out for a couple of months. If it doesn't work for you, feel free to adapt, okay? Everybody is different. You need to be flexible and create a solution that works for you and your family. And three consider doing a toy jail. Try it out for a month or two. See how it works for your family and most importantly, be consistent.
0: And that's it. And just a quick reminder, if you really want to learn how to get on top of your toy room, in fact, any room in your house, you can of course check out The Essentials Guide, our online course. Just head to our website, littlehomeorganised.com.au. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for lending us your ears. And remember,
1: progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye.
0: Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.